This is the Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks on KQV with expert advice from CPA attorney and retirement and estate planning expert, Jim Lang, the best-selling author of Retire Secure and the Roth Revolution, Pay Taxes Once and Never Again. Now on the air and online worldwide at retiresecure.com, get ready to talk smart money. Hello and welcome to the Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks. This is Jim Lang, and we have a wonderful guest tonight, Ed Slott. Ed is the most popular IRA and retirement plan expert in America, literally. Um, as you would expect, Ed is excellent technically and has a wealth of tax-reducing substantive information. My opinion, however, where Ed stands above all the other IRA experts, including myself, is his ability to communicate the material and wave and weave entertaining stories into his material to make listening to him or reading his books informative, memorable, and fun. Ed has been named the best source for IRA information by Wall Street Journal and America's IRA expert by Mutual Fund Magazine. He's been on just about every financial talk show there is. Um, his, His second edition of his classic book, the Retirement Savings Time Bomb and How to Defuse It is coming out in January 2012. This, by the way, of the entire IRA literature is probably, in my opinion, the best book. And the only problem is it's getting out of date. So he is, he is updating that, and I'm hoping that we can talk a lot about that uh, tonight. So um, are you with us, Ed? Yeah, I'm here listening to all this good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> well, 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 it's certainly true. Um, your your book, uh, you know, Re- Retirement Savings Time Bomb, is that that is the classic. And when I heard that you were revising it, I was just very excited. Uh, that is coming out in January. Yeah, it's already revised. I had, a, as you can imagine, uh, you know, it's a 2012 edition, and obviously, you know, whole chapters had to be rewritten based on the estate rates and uh, all the other things going on, so many changes. Well, if it's okay with you, Ed, what I'd like to do is to kind of go through some of your five steps and obviously right. feel free to inter- interject any um, sure. interesting anecdote or story as we go along. All right, so, so the first step, as I understand it, is, all right, you're getting to the point where you're at or near retirement, and what should you do? Well, so, first, I think it's essential... Uh, to have a, an advisor. This is not do-it-yourself stuff. I mean, you know, you're going to get information on this program and reading books and maybe on the Internet, but really that information should just go towards checking or evaluating a, a candidate for your financial advisor and making sure they have particular expertise in this whole area of what I call the exit strategy, Uh, taking the money out of an IRA or a 401k. That's a major event, even bigger than, believe it or not, maybe buying your first house because more money could be involved. And sometimes you have one shot to get this right. I'll give you an example. I was just at a a seminar. I do a lot, as you know, Jim, for public television. Matter of fact, in Pittsburgh, we were there. And uh, yeah, so I do a lot of follow-up seminars to help raise money. And at a seminar uh, a couple of weeks ago in, in Boston, or Minneapolis, I forget where I was. Uh, uh, anyway, a guy came over to me, and here's a typical horror story. 
And, of course, I couldn't help him. He came over to me, and he said, you know, I uh, was retiring, and I had to make some big decisions. I had a huge 401K. I don't know how much it was, but I'm guessing probably more than a million. And he said, you know, I saw all the ads on TV, so I called the, one of those 1-800 numbers. Because, you know, you see the ads, they all have retirement experts. And they told me to do a rollover to an IRA, and I did it. And generally, that's not bad advice. But then he said he saw my show on TV, and he learned about something called uh, net unrealized appreciation in employer securities, which is a huge company stock tax break. And guess what? He went back, and sure enough, he had mounds, huge amounts of appreciation in company stock in his plan. And he said he just, you know, roughly uh, roughed it out. And he would have saved about $200,000, he figures, in taxes if he had gone that route instead of the IRA rollover. And he only learned that after seeing the details of that on one of my programs. And, you know, he's hitting himself uh, all over. He came back, actually showed up at the seminar to see if there's something I could do to help. But with that particular case, once you roll to an IRA, that deal is off. Now, he would have saved a fortune. Now, do you think the telephone operator at the 1-800 number at the mutual fund or wherever he called would even know to ask about that? They're programmed. They, they want you to do a rollover. That's what you're going to get, no matter what you ask for. If all they have is vanilla, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> There's no Tutti Frutti or Rocky Road. That's what you're going to get. And so I think the first thing you have to have is an advisor that can give you the options. Like in his case, for example, as you know, Jim, there, are, there, w- there would have been six options to, to go through. Uh, one option is the IRA rollover, which I think we both agree generally is the best option, you know, without these other situations. You can leave it in the plan. You can bring it to a new company's plan. You can convert it to a Roth. You now can even convert it to a Roth in a plan. Or you can take a lump sum distribution or the IRA rollover. In his case, the lump sum distribution would have really paid off. He would have had a huge tax break. Now, I'm not saying when he did the rollover, he paid any tax. It's a tax-free rollover. So people listening might say, so what did he do wrong? He didn't pay any tax. How could he lose money? Well, when that money grows in the IRA, it's growing tax-deferred, which means it's going to come out taxable. And anybody that's read a Jim Lang book knows Jim Lang doesn't like that. He likes Roth IRAs like me, right, Jim? That's right. (laughs) Uh, So you're going to pay at full retail, the highest price when that money comes out, at ordinary income tax rates. And it turned out if he didn't do that, he would have paid some tax now, but a very small amount. But on the rest, he would have paid capital gain rates, which right now are 20 points lower. And according to his calculation, he would have paid $200,000 less in taxes. Now, if you're coming up on retirement, I would think that would make a big difference to you. So that's what I mean. The first step, uh, you've got to have the right advisors. I'm a big proponent of advisors. I don't mind people learning themselves, but when you have one chance to get this right, you want to know you have all the information you can. And a lot of times the advisor you have may not give you those answers. Certainly you're not going to get it from the 1-800 numbers. I mean, anybody that really knows this stuff is not sitting on the phone at an 800 number waiting to talk to you. So uh, I would really caution people about getting a top-notch advisor. And I think you would agree with me, Jim. Most of the advisors, and I include my own profession, CPAs, attorneys, and financial advisors, don't have the required expertise. 
uh, most of them don't take uh, the courses they should. Uh, they take courses in how to make your money, and that's fine. But it's what you keep that counts after taxes. You have to have an exit strategy. Uh, and one of them is looking into a Roth IRA, maybe, which uh, Jim and I are both fans of. But you have to have somebody that knows the options, that can give you the information. You want to go to a doctor, if you have a, a particular issue, you need a specialist. Sometimes you need a specialist. Your general practitioner, he may be a nice guy, but he's not a specialist. Sometimes you need a cardiologist or a neurologist. It's the same thing here. Sometimes you need a specialist. And I think that's probably one of the biggest issues in the financial services industry. The advisors are generally poorly trained. Would you agree with that, Jim? I, I would agree, and I've seen a, a, a number of mistakes the other one, you know, and by the way, Ed, you're talking to the right crowd because Pittsburgh is a working town. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of people here who they weren't born with silver spoons, but they they put in 30, 40 years of hard work. They um, were prudent, put in regular contributions to their retirement plan that were often matched or had an employer share. Uh, today, the majority of their assets are in their retirement plan, and if they make a mistake. And many advisors and even attorneys are not set up as IRA and retirement plan experts. It can be devastating. Yeah. So and, you know, uh, as you know, one of the things we do as a company, we train financial advisors, and I'm always amazed at how many advisors don't take training. And the ones that come to our programs uh, usually are somewhat educated. You know, that's what you find. You know, they, not most most advisors don't really come to a lot of programs. Uh, they spend a lot of their time on sales training. You know, to me, uh, you don't want a salesman. You want somebody, a competent uh, professional that has specialized knowledge. But what I find amazing, uh, the, the uh, advisors that do have some knowledge, and at least know enough to go to a program and get educated, uh, realize when they go to the programs how deep this area is and how much there still is that they don't know. And that's one of the biggest issues that uh, really enlightens them. They, they always say things like, I didn't know how much I didn't know. Well, that's better than the guy, at least, who doesn't know that he doesn't know. And that's probably your advisor if you're looking at the, you know, if you're listening to us now. I would say somewhere around, I don't know, maybe 99% of advisors don't have this training. So you might say to me, Ed, are you saying only 1% of advisors know anything about this area? No, it's much less. I round it up. <laughs> well, well, that, that, that might be a pretty tough indictment. But I, but I will tell you that I've had some advanced training from you um, in, in, in some of your tapes, and I, you know, I don't know if you know this, but we have a, a national audience, and many of the people listening are financial advisors and for the advisors, well, get to a program if you want to attract. You know, I look. Our mission as a company has always been to match consumers with competent financial advisors. Same thing as if you're going in for an operation. You hope the surgeon once read a book about it. I mean, you know, really, if this is all the money you have, and for most people, like you just said, hardworking people work thirty, forty years. You know, they didn't get it. Uh, they didn't inherit it. They made it the hard way. You have one chance to get this right. You, and this is a time you have to demand more from your advisors. So a lot of advisors don't like when I say things like that. And that's good because they shouldn't be advisors if they don't have the knowledge. Just, you know, sales gimmicks only take you so far. Well, the other, the other thing, the area that I have found advisors really weak, and they often make this mistake, is in the area of 
after-tax dollars inside oh, yeah. retirement plans. Well, that's one of those issues that you wouldn't know it in a million years, and it's unlikely your advisor even knows to ask. You know, somebody's got to ask you, did you make non-deductible contributions? you have after-tax money in your IRA, maybe from a 401K? Because if you do, you shouldn't be paying tax twice on that money. And, and, and I know and, accountants that miss it. I, you know, miss it. I, I'm talking about my own profession too. Yeah, and it's and, and particularly in in Pittsburgh, there's a lot of people, um, you know, middle level executives and higher. Um, there's a lot of people at Westinghouse who have after tax dollars in their retirement yeah. plan. And if they go to the wrong person, it it just kind of get gets mixed in. I re, I remember the, uh, the the coffee and cream analogy in your yeah, book. It just gets that's mixed in. in my in book. And, yeah. And it's not so easy well, to separate. Well, if financial advisors are listening, here's what I would tell them. Go to my website, irahelp.com. You want to do a great job for your clients, and I, I think deep down most people do. But you also want to make a lot of money, so I'll appeal to that end. You want to know something? I find the advisors who are the most successful, who have the most clients and attract the clients with the most money, are the most educated. These are the guys you constantly see at programs. Go to my website, irahelp.com, I-R-A-H-E-L-P.com, and register for one of our programs. We have a, 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 a foundational program, our two-day program. It's loaded with information. That could change your whole career. And for those of you listening that have a financial advisor for consumers, see if your advisor has taken any training in this area. It doesn't have to be just ours. If they read a book about it. If they show, ask them to show you course manuals. You want somebody that has hands-on knowledge in this specialized area. And if they tell you something like, oh, IRAs, what's to know about IRAs? Then I would run from that guy. Because, as you know, Jim, the, the, these rivers run deep with the IRA tax rules, and they're always changing. And you mess one up, and it, it's, the mistakes are costly and usually irreversible. So for advisors that are listening, this is an opportunity to do a great job for your clients. That's what we as a company are all about. As I said, matching consumers with competent advisors. We want advisors to be well-trained so they attract uh, consumers, and we want consumers to work with advisors who are worthy of their business, just like any business. Well, I'll tell you, you, you are literally a wealth of information. I know, um, you know, even, even, even the two-day workshop that, that, that delves in depth has a lot of great information, both technical and things that will help the advisor um, oh, yeah, and, and I'm telling you, here's what happens at that workshop. never fails. First of all, you walk away with a 400-plus page course manual, which is pretty amazing. We cover that in two days. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. But usually about an hour or two into it, I start to see advisors leaving the room, like not because they have to go to the bathroom, like more emergency than that. They, and I always find out in the breaks after, why did you leave the room? I just realized I messed up royally. I, I just, you know, I had to call something and I was able to save a client from a horrible mistake because of something I did. Or the other way, they got an idea and they're calling a client saying, wait a minute, we could do this. I didn't know about this. So, you know, it's a wealth of information. That's why I appeal to both advisors to get educated and to consumers to move your money to educated advisors. I think everybody wins under that model. Well, I, I, think, I think you're right, and the, and the two issues that, that we talked about briefly 
um, NUA and after-tax dollars. Well, that just happened to be what he talked to me about. But you could understand. You know the issue, I know. I didn't want to get too into the details, but you could see where the guy is thinking, is there any way to correct this? Yeah, and I'll take it a step further. You know, sometimes the appropriate action isn't necessarily rolling everything into an IRA. I'll give you an example. I, again, I mentioned Westinghouse. Um, and so I, I personally have a lot of Westinghouse clients, and I have quite a few college professors and TIAA CREF participants. Right. And the, the, the TIAA is actually a pretty, pretty decent bond fund, and the Westinghouse actually has a GIC, which is a guaranteed income contract, that actually offers fairly competitive um, rates for fixed income. So what I might do with some of those people is sometimes maybe split the difference and say, hey, you might want to consider leaving some of the fixed income portion of your investments where it is, but then maybe rolling some of the stock portion out into an IRA. But do you think somebody at an 800 number is going to give them that kind of advice or NUA advice? Well, of course not. Of course not, right. But look at the ads. Look at the money. These co- this always gets me. The money these major companies spend on full-page ads. You see them every day. You open the paper today, you'll see it. Telling you, just call, and we, our experts will talk to you. I saw an ad on TV, and the same thing. They run them on TV. Uh, our experts, talk to, uh, there's one running right now. There's uh, a young uh, blonde woman. Talk to an expert like me. I'm looking at her. I said, an expert like you? You're 12. <laughs> you know the ad I'm talking about? I mean, yeah. you and I both know what it takes to learn. We're still learning every day. This stuff changes. Uh, literally, rulings come down every day, every week, you know, major tax law changes. Uh, at one, you know, if you have saved your money and worked hard for it, you better work with an advisor that works hard for you. If your advisor isn't investing in his education, then you shouldn't be investing your money with that advisor. And as far as the free 800 number, you can't afford free. It's too expensive. Well, I agree with you, and, and frankly, I like to... I think at one point you actually said, you know, at, look, look, look at the person's book sh- bookshelf, and they should have books by Ed Slott and Barry Picker and Bob Keebler and Natalie Schott and John Bledsoe. Um, I'll, throw, I'll throw my own book in there. They should at least know a name. And I, I, I do tell consumers that. See if the, the, your advisor's even gone to a course, not sales training. You know, they they always say they went to IRA courses, and you know what I mean, right, where they learn how to talk to people or learn special words or gimmicks or what colors to wear to get people to give them the money. That's a bunch of nonsense. Knowledge is what people want. People want educated advisors. Because there are ways, using the tax code, as you know, to end up uh, having you and your family having millions more than you ever had and all tax-free. Well, you, you, you just gave the two examples. One is... Is the NUA treating the, in effect, capital gain property and missing it and paying ordinary tax on it, or if you miss the after-tax dollars in in a retirement right. plan, then you're paying tax twice on the same money. Or you know, you know where I see a lot of problems. Uh, it, right at that point, even when people get advice, just doing the rollover. As you know, when money is moved, uh, that's when it's uh, its most dangerous state. Remember, I always say an IRA is like an eggshell. You break it, it's over. This has got to be handled with knowledgeable hands, and uh, you, you, be, you have to be careful. You know, I hate to keep harping on it, but really, this is not do-it-yourself stuff. 
if anything, the do-it-yourself part would be for you to get educated so you raise the bar and expect more from your advisor. Remember, the more educated you are, the more you can demand from your advisor and the more you'll be able to know to evaluate. And the other, I'll tell you the thing that I thought you were going to mention um, is the difference between a rollover and a trustee-to-trustee transfer. Oh, yeah, that's another. I mean, you could go on and on with these problems, but, yeah, that's another issue. People take the money out, and they don't know about the withholding tax, and all of a sudden they lost 20% of their money, and now they have a tax and possibly a penalty, or they don't get the money in in 60 days. You know, there are so many issues and I call some of these errors fatal errors, which means you lose your retirement savings. Here's one that happens a lot because people don't pay attention. When I say people, consumers who, who don't know any better because they're not experts, and advisors who claim to be experts and aren't, the once-per-year IRA rollover rule. People do a second rollover. Could be a, I had a case many years ago. was a million dollars. A guy did 20 rollovers. He kept moving the money for lower CD rates, and nobody told him you can only do that once. And he had to pay tax on a million dollars. It was the end of his IRA. That is pretty painful. Ed, I would love to continue, um, but we have a whole bunch of other material, and I believe it is time for a break. So why don't okay. we take a short break, then we will be back with Ed Slott, America's IRA expert, and more issues with Ed. The Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks, featuring the expert advice of Pittsburgh-based CPA attorney Jim Lang. More coming up on KQV AM 1410. The Lang Money Hour continues on KQV AM 1410. For all of your financial needs, turn to Lang Financial Group in Squirrel Hill, 412-521-2732. Let's talk more smart money. We are here with Jim Lang, me, and Ed Slott, America's IRA expert, talking about some of the concepts in Ed's upcoming second edition of uh, the retirement, oh, shoot, the retirement, um, I'm sorry, the retirement, retirement savings, savings time, time bomb. bomb and how, and to, how re- to diffuse it. How it's a mouthful, it. but it's worth it. I, I, I feel bad because that, that is, as I mentioned before, that is my favorite IRA book that has so much wisdom and hopefully... Some of the listeners today can get some of that wisdom. Ed, your your second step um, it might be a little I'm bit of a still con- on the first step about getting the right. I don't even know if the first step was the right advice. I think that's the step before the first step. <laughs> but you know, everybody, can, you, you know, I, I didn't want to. Uh, in the first segment, I was talking about the, the advisors don't know you with the wrong advisor. I gave all the problems without giving a solution. One solution. It's not the only solution. If you want to know if your advisor has the training. I gave you some of the tips, see if they've gone to courses, they have books, like you said. Do they know the the educators' names? But another thing, you can go to my website. We have an, a, a group called Ed Slot's Elite IRA Advisor Group. Uh, this is some of the uh, most educated advisors in this area in the country. And you go to my website, irahelp.com, and Believe it or not, out of I don't even know how many advisors, if you put all the professions together, there are a million advisors. So you would think, well, wouldn't all of them want to be educated? There's only about 400 at that level, and they're listed from all over the country. There's a few in the Pittsburgh area uh, on our website, irahelp.com. You just go to find an advisor, and it doesn't mean they know everything. It means they've been exposed to it. The best thing a good advisor can tell you is that they know what they don't know. 
And the advisors in that program, that's our advanced education program, have access to us and our technical experts. So all they have to know is uh, somewhat, you know, they're exposed to the material continually in an ongoing basis. So they do know quite a bit. But if they come across something they don't know, at least they know to ask, and they have us as their back office. So horrible situations like the one I talked to you about uh, wouldn't happen because I've created checklists. We call them modules in over 30 different areas, so nothing falls through the cracks. They take you through a whole list of check checkpoints. Like, for example, that horrible uh, NUA story I told you about where the guy is going to pay 200000 more in taxes than he should have. We have a module, a series of checklists for that. If you're leaving a plan, we t you know, any one of our advisors knows to take you through all of those options. So it would have uncovered, you know, the issues would have surfaced. And those advisors invest a lot of time and money to be in that education program. And just so you know about me, I don't sell any stocks, bonds, funds, insurance, annuities, none of that. I'm a CPA, and we're an education company. And I believe uh, more advisors need to be educated. So you could find an educated advisor there. It doesn't mean they're the only ones, but at least these people have been through some tough training and continual training. It's not a day, a weekend. It's not one of those things where they get some phony designation. In fact, we don't even give a designation. We just want people to know that they're in a uh, highly advanced program that specializes in this area, the area where you have most of the money that you work for most of your working life. So that's what we're trying to do, create professionals that have this specialized knowledge and match them to consumers. That's why we put their names on our website. And, and, and as you said, it actually works out very well for the advisor because they become competent. They get more business. They're, they're, right. they're it's a win-win. I love models that are win-win. The consumer wins because he gets a better educated advisor, less, less chance of making a horrible error and costing them a fortune in taxes. And the advisor wins because he gets the client he deserves. He's invested in his education. He should have a better clientele. So everybody wins. And uh, the, the real purpose is, is that people, I believe, are mostly underserved by their financial salesmen, and, and most of them, are that, uh, that's what they are. You know, and you can get stocks and bonds anywhere. You know, in these tough times, it's really tough to make money in the market anyway. So really, what your plan should be to keep more of what you have and, and leverage and capitalize on the tax code. And there are ways to do it where your family can end up with millions more than you ever had, and, and that can all be tax-free. Ed, you just said that you don't sell insurance, you don't sell annuities. No. But on the other hand, um, you are a big proponent of life insurance in many situations, um, you bet. You know why? Two words, tax-free. I love tax-free, and I know you do, too, because you believe in the Roth. Actually, the Roth and the, uh, the, the, the tax exemption for life insurance, just from a, a CPA point of view, a tax, a wealth-building point of view, is the single biggest benefit in the tax code. No question about it. You have the ability to take a dollar and turn it into $10 tax-free. Who wouldn't do that all day long? Well, you know, you, you, it's... You, uh, you you have a good story about Anne, um, or, or or you might have have other uh, other stories of people who have done very well. Oh with, yeah, with, with with life insurance and and see I think and this might be true of a lot of my clients that they say well gee I the way I look at it is I have enough money for me and my wife to live comfortably the rest of our lives. I used to have cheap term insurance, 
back when I was working, so if anything happened to me, right. my wife would be provided for. But now, now that I have my, you know, million or two million or whatever it might be, and based on our spendings, that should be enough. Why do I need life insurance? Well, it depends what your plan is. Do you want to leave your kids a big tax bill, or do you want to leave them tax-free money? That's really what it comes down to. Plus, in today's shaking times, you know, the market's pretty shaky these days, up 200, down 500. You know, it's not bad to have money stuffed in a life insurance policy. It may be one of the safest places to invest. Remember, you can get to life insurance money. It's not as easy as getting it into, uh, getting money out of a Roth, but it can be uh, accessed from a life insurance policy, and it pays off at death, and it's all tax-free. Plus, the money you take now reduces the money you know, that you would have been exposed to future taxes. I'm not saying to go broke over any of this thing, even with the Roth conversion. If you don't have the money, don't do it. Uh, with life insurance, if you don't have the money, don't do it. But if you have money just sitting there rotting away as a sitting duck waiting for future tax increases to to decrease your buying power and, and uh, erode your money, that money should be leveraged. That's why I say with IRA money, use it, leverage it into tax-free territory, or lose it to future and I believe future taxes are going to go through the roof. Look what's going on in the government. That's, you know, you've got to start putting money away into tax-free territory. My big master plan for everyone is what I like to say, moving your money from accounts that are forever taxed to accounts that are never taxed. And the two best ways to do that are with Roth IRAs and life insurance. They both require some money to be paid now. But... It's not. It's going to be money you will pay later anyway. So may as well pay it now at low tax rates and set up tax-free vehicles both for during your life, like a Roth IRA, and for your beneficiaries in the term in the way of life insurance after death. That's why when I say on TV, people say, "How is it possible when you say on TV that you can create a plan for anybody where they can end up?" with more than they ever had. I already said it twice on this show. You know, you take somebody with a net worth of a million dollars, it's easy. To, uh, I, anybody could arrange a plan for their beneficiaries to end up with two million, and it would be all tax-free. And that can only be done with a, uh, life insurance. That's why I say it's a single best benefit in the tax code. It's a great wealth-building tool, so that's why I would use it. You don't have to. But if you're going to leave, you might say like in that typical couple you asked me about, they have enough money, but they're taking down taxable money. Higher tax rates are going to erode that. And at some point, they're going to wish they didn't have to keep paying the government. And I'm sure when uh, they die, a lot of that money is going to be taxed at the beneficiary level, and that doesn't have to be either. So it depends what you want. If you're happy with everything you have, then great. Well, I, I I like life insurance, particularly. I'll tell you my my the policies or types of policies that I like for particularly for well-to-do people. I really like the second to die life insurance policies, yeah. and it's it's kind of a variation of a gift. And I always say, well, don't make the premium so high that you can't afford to just give your kids some money. You know, if your kids need it, or if your grandkids need educated, you don't want to make the premium so high that that you can't help your grandkids with their education. But there is a happy balance and a medium where you can hopefully get the best of both. Yeah, and it's not an all or nothing. You do what you can do. Uh, just be careful. I always give a caveat with uh, the second to die that I always like to have a little policy at the first death pay off so that the survivor has money to keep paying the policy. Oh, and that's a, that's a very good point.
So I always put a little policy, something at the first death. And again, I don't sell insurance, but it's the greatest wealth-building tool available to ordinary people through the tax code. Well, I think the fact that you don't sell insurance makes you, makes you even that much more credible. Yeah, I, I mean, really, uh, I, I, and what I'm telling you, I did myself, both things. I'm loaded up with life insurance, and uh, also I have Roth IRAs. Matter of fact, the first day I could, January 4th, 2010, when the floodgates opened up, and there's still people, believe it or not, think they don't qualify. That law was repealed permanently. I converted everything to a Roth IRA. So it's not like I'm just telling you to do things. I did these things myself because I believe in creating a tax-free estate as a hedge against what future tax rates might be. I don't want uncertainty. And the Roth IRA, to me, removes the uncertainty of what future tax rates could could do to, to my uh, retirement savings. Well, as a matter of fact, as you, as you well know, I'm a big fan of Roth IRAs. Me in too, fact, yeah. In fact, we're actually having a workshop uh, this coming Saturday it's the South Hills Village on Roth IRA work on Roth IRAs and Roth IRA conversions, and you are absolutely right. There's still a lot of people out there who have maybe thought about it a little bit, but they never got the full information, never acted, never made conversions. And some people think that you have to con- like like they that you have to do what you just did, which is convert everything. No, if you you do what you can, you know. Uh, you can do partial conversions, but I, I do get that question at every seminar, too. I, you know, I can't afford to convert everything. Then do little pieces. Over time, you'll build up a huge tax-free nest egg. And i got to tell you, when rates are getting up to 40%, 50%, as I predict they will, tax-free is going to be looking pretty good. Well, that, that's what I think, and I'm a big believer in, in taking a look at, at different tax brackets. So um, after, after I do some analysis for somebody... Uh, we often do a series of Roth IRA conversions every year for a number of years to take advantage of some of the lower, and yeah. you know, maybe 15 or 25 yeah, or 28 percent. How long bracket. will we even see a 15 percent rate anymore? Well, I I I, uh, I hope you're wrong, but I fear you're right. Um, I think that we have some big problems in the country, and somebody's going well, to pay gotta for it. Well, I got to tell you, you know, not only do we have problems with the con- in the country, but the easiest people to hit to solve them are people with money in a retirement account because they are sitting ducks. Why? Because that was the deal they made. They got tax deductions when they put the money in and they agreed that when they pulled the money out, they're going to pay tax at ordinary rates, top rates. Uh, And the money is stuck in there. They are sitting ducks. And don't you think that that is such an easy target for the government to go after? And there's trillions in those accounts. And how would you how would you answer somebody who said, "Hey, you know, I can I can make some Roth IRA conversions, but then I end up having to pay the tax, so my kids don't." And let's say that somebody's a little bit more interested in um, being able to spend and have purchasing power for themselves. Would you still say a Roth IRA is good for them? Well, then I you know that's the first question I I ask: Who are you doing it for? You or the next generation? I'm doing it for a combination of both because I'm in my 50s, late 50s, so I still think there's time. But if you say exactly what you said, the heck with my kids, let them make their own money and let them pay tax, uh, then, and you're say, I would say if you're 70 or over, then maybe don't do it. The, the, uh, ta- the cost of paying tax up front isn't worth the benefit given your shorter life expectancy. 
So there comes a time where you say maybe it won't pay for you. If you if the intent is for you to use it during your lifetime, then uh, it may not pay for you to do a Roth conversion and, and eat up that tax money now because you won't have as many years to get it back. The power of the Roth IRA is in long-term compounding over the life of a child or a grandchild, which, uh, which combined with the new estate tax laws, I mean, it is incredible the amount of tax-free wealth you can transfer now, let's say, to a grandchild. You know, you can transfer now. Uh, let's say you died now and you had, uh, you know, I don't know anybody who does, but there could be some. Actually, I do have one client who does. Uh, you, you could transfer up to $5 million in a Roth IRA to a grandchild that will now be income tax-free, estate tax-free, and free of generation-skipping transfer taxes, a complete tax-free transfer of wealth. This is incredible. I've never seen anything like this. Well, this is, this is about the most generous time that we've had, except for 2009. But I think that that was a one-year a, a one window when there was a... a 2010, sec- you mean, when there was no estate tax? Um, yeah. No, well, I thought... All right. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm 2010. sorry. 2010. You, you, you got it. You got me. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, yeah, you know why it's confusing? Because then they went back and did people, you know, they, they passed the law so late in the year that uh, people didn't know what the heck to do. So they said you could either have no estate tax or take a $5 million exemption. Right. And, and so George Steinbrenner yeah, died with a, one, a $1.5 billion interest in the New York Yankees. Freebie. <laughs> he wins again. He wins at everything. I guess he does, except in 1960 when the Pirates did him in. Yeah, I, guess, I, I guess remember was... that. I remember that. I was a New York Yankee fan then, and I was young. I was six years old. But I remember, I rem- I remember <laughs> seeing the picture. Back then, they had encyclopedias. I don't even know if they have them anymore. But I, my parents got me Collier's encyclopedias. It was these big red books. And they used to put out a year-end issue, like an almanac, and it had that picture of Bill Mazeroski rounding third, going to home, that famous picture. Well, every, everybody in Pittsburgh knows that one. In fact, there's even a statute of it uh, right, right in front of PNC Park. You know, that's the only time to date that that's ever been done. I said that in a seminar once. I don't know how it came up. Maybe I was in Pittsburgh, so I was talking about Bill Mazeroski. And sure enough, a guy said, you're wrong, Joe Carter did it. I said, nope. That was game six. To date, Bill Mazeroski has the only seventh game World Series walk-off home run. Yeah, that, that, was, that was quite an event. And, and I forget the number of how many people um, Forbes Field have, but about roughly double that many claim and promise that they were there that day. Oh, I think there, <laughs> from what I hear, there was 12 billion people there that day. I think something like that. But, yeah. uh, but you're, you're right, George. How did we get on Bill Mazeroski? Well, I think, we... I think we were talking about um, a state tax-free in 2010. Oh, yeah, we went from George Steinbrenner. I was right. trying to say, wait, what, wait, how do we circle back there? Well, I'll tell you what, what we, could, we could circle back to, because you started to mention something about leaving um, IRA money and Roth IRA money to children and grandchildren. And right. that, that, I think, is one of the... That, well, that that's where the been... power is, because... The, the power of the Roth, of anything that's growing tax-free, the power is time. Uh, you know, the exponential growth factor. You, you know, I always say the greatest money-making asset any individual can possess is time. And if you add time to tax-free, that's like E equals MC squared for tax-free. 
Well, there is. I have seen people blow what 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 we would call the stretch IRA, and I know that there is an important section in your on your book, right, um, of stretching it. So maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about what happens when somebody uh, dies with an IRA, both a spouse and eventually a non-spouse, presumably children or grandchildren, and the opportunities to mess that up. Oh, yeah, there are so many. In fact, I just wrote an article about it. Another thing we have for professionals, not for if you're an advisor listening, I put out a monthly newsletter called Ed Slot's IRA Advisor. And uh, it comes out every month. And uh, I just finished off the December issue today, actually, with an article on all the mistakes people make on inherited IRAs. So even if you do everything right, let's talk about the best situation first. The tax law allows all you have to do to name is uh, name a beneficiary on the IRA beneficiary form, and the tax law allows whoever you name, say a child or a grandchild, to stretch it out over their lives. What I mean by stretch, there's a term called stretch IRA, which really doesn't exist anywhere in the tax code. It's kind of a made-up word. But it's the ability for the child to take only minimum distributions over their expected life. So for an example, a 40-year-old has a 43.6-year life expectancy, while a 1-year-old has an 81.6-year life expectancy. So very little has to come out each year, while the, the real, like 90% of it uh, in most cases, is just expanding and growing exponentially in the cocoon, let's, uh, if you call it that, of the inherited IRA. And if that's an inherited Roth IRA, that is growing tremendously. Not that it grows faster, but all the growth stays in the family because there's no taxes. Tax-free money grows more because you keep uh, <laughs> you keep more of the money. Not that it grows more, but whatever it grows to, you keep all of it as opposed to some of it. So that's a big uh, exponential benefit that's come to be known as the stretch IRA. And they call it that because beneficiaries can stretch or extend distributions over their lifetime, and they have a lifetime of income. Can you imagine if somebody ever did that for you, that you had a check coming in every month tax-free for the rest of your life, enough to pay maybe a car bill or your rent? But that's what people can set up now for their kids just by naming a beneficiary on the IRA beneficiary form. So that's the first mistake people make. They don't, they don't name anybody on the beneficiary form. So what happens? They paid all that money for a Roth IRA or saved money in a traditional IRA, and it has to get paid out very quickly or much more quickly after death. Uh, most people don't know if they even have an IRA beneficiary form. That's probably the number one mistake, I would say. When I ask people, who's going to get your IRA when you die, they don't know what the heck to say. A lot of them say something like, well, isn't that in my will? And when I hear that, even if it is in their will, I say, I say to them, well, if it is, then you've just taken one of the biggest benefits in the tax code away from your kids, the stretch IRA. I would love because, to continue this. this it, is oh, time, it is time for a break. Oh, okay. Um, but what, what, please... Stay tuned. I'm here. Uh, we, I'm will not be, going we, we will be back in about a, about a minute. Um, okay. And you're here with Jim Lang and Ed Slott on the Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks. The Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks, featuring the expert advice of Pittsburgh-based CPA attorney Jim Lang. More coming up on KQVAM 1410. The Lang Money Hour continues on KQVAM 1410. 
For all of your financial needs, turn to Lang Financial Group in Squirrel Hill, 412-521-2732. Let's talk more smart money. Welcome back. This is Jim Lang. I'm here with Ed Slott, America's IRA expert and bestseller of four, re- four books on retirement planning. Ed, before I forget, um, I wanted to, I, I really would, and I mean this sincerely, I'm, I, I, every advisor, for every advisor, it's an absolute no-brainer. But even for, even for people who own IRAs and retirement plans, I'm going to recommend that they get the retirement savings time bomb and how to diffuse it when it comes out in January. Yeah, should, the 2012 edition. Don't get it now. Right, right. And that, that's important. And what I was going to ask you is, are they better off going to your website or going to Amazon? Yeah, it'll be on my website when it's available, like on Amazon. Yeah, you can go to the website or just go to Amazon, but it's not there as of right now. It should be there in a few weeks. We're oh, saying okay, January. So, but... so if everybody's getting that, the Retirement Savings Time Bomb and How to Diffuse It mm-hmm. by Ed Slott, S-L-O-T-T, and you can either get it at it's irahelp.com, correct? Right. Which is Ed's, which is Ed's web, uh, website that has a lot of great information, you know, regardless of the book, or going to amazon.com and getting it directly there. Yeah, there's a lot of free information uh, and good information on IRAs and retirement accounts. And like I said, I want everybody to be educated. I think consumers need to be better educated so they can demand more from their financial advisors, and everybody wins. Well, I think, I think it's a good resource, irahelp.com. Um, and we were talking about stretching IRAs, and I, I know, and, and this, is, this is a true story where, um, a father and son both shared the same advisor, and the father died with roughly a million dollars in his IRA and left it to the son. And since the advisor was handling the work for both the father and the son, he took the million dollars that was in the IRA and he transferred it into the name of the son. Not I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew well, it was coming. Well, you can you can finish the rest of the story. Because... Yeah, and then he has a tax on a million dollars plus an excess contribution. Yeah, so so it was truly a a disaster. So in addition to having the appropriate plan while you are alive, it is also imperative that your beneficiary get the right advice right. after your death. Exactly. That that that, exactly. that was that was going to be my point there because unfortunately, way too often people don't get the right advice, particularly in the IRA area. And I hate to point the, the finger at attorneys, but sometimes attorneys aren't right on top of this issue either. No, it goes across all disciplines. That's why I said CPAs, attorneys, financial advisors. Look, the uh, you know if you wanted to pick on attorneys, look at the IRA trusts out there. You know that's a specialized area too. If attorney is writing a trust to be an IRA beneficiary, they better have the specialized knowledge in that area too. The regular boilerplate, uh, boilerplate or garden variety trust won't work. Well, that's right, and 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 the other thing is, I mean, I'm a big fan of of meeting those five conditions in order to get the stretch yeah. IRA, because if you miss one of them and you cause a massive income tax acceleration, it's it's literally an enormous difference in the right. lifestyle of your well, children or grandchildren. People have to know. That's why my first and the most important thing knows they have to be working with a competent advisor, and you do a great job in that. You do a fantastic job. People in Pittsburgh are lucky to have you. Well, I, I, I appreciate that, Ed. Um, and I've, I've always enjoyed hearing you both in person and your, 
and your tapes and your material and, and your books. And I don't know if it's your favorite book, but The Retirement Savings Time Bomb is, is my favorite book. And if, if you were here right now, you'd see a dog-eared with all kinds mm-hmm. of notes and, and Well, that's stars, good. You'll see the new one coming up, and I, I can tell... Uh, matter of fact, in the beginning of the new one, I listed all the tax laws that were changed. I couldn't believe how many there were from the last edition. It's unbelievable. Well, that's that's actually one of my questions that I don't, even, I don't think we're going to have time for, because the, the other thing that I did want to cover is um, talking about what happens in the event that, and it's very possible, although we don't know what's going to happen with the tax law, but in the event that the estate tax comes back for smaller or medium-sized estates, of what happens when somebody has an IRA that might be potentially subject to estate tax? Well, uh, obviously, you're going to have to, again, review estate plans. I'm telling that to everybody right now with just the increase to the $5 million. Every estate plan, I mean, if you've got anything saved, chances are every estate plan has to be reviewed at a minimum and possibly revised. And that might happen again after 2012. Well, You might want to change beneficiaries or change property ownership and go back to the way it was. I, I don't think, you know, I hate to make predictions, but uh, I don't think they're going to do away with the portability function because that seems to be good for people. Do you, do you think it's still going to be at the $5 million level? I don't know if it's going to be at the $5 million, but the whole idea of portability, that you don't lose your exemption just because you didn't set up a separate trust or separate your property, uh, you don't need uh, you know, to do extra estate planning to secure an estate exemption. I think that's good for most people. So I, I'm hoping that stays. Well, I, I would agree with you, but it also points out that the old traditional AB wills are often not only not helpful because you, you don't necessarily need that with the portability, mm-hmm. but actually act as a restriction for the surviving spouse. Oh yeah, yeah, it could uh, it could actually uh, disinherit a spouse. That's why I say every estate plan has to be revised, especially when the estate exemption goes up. Well, that may be a good thing if you still have one of those old wills with the uh, family trust or whatever you credit shelter trust, AB trust. Uh, it could be a, a, a spouse uh, may get disinherited. Yes, or or if not outright disinherited, the but spouse... They'll have act, yeah, they could have access to but they won't get it, uh, the kind of money they thought they were going to get. No, and that, that, outright. Actually, that actually brings up um, another, another uh, let's say, what I consider a bad combination, which is these B-trusts or family trusts mm-hmm. or exemption credit shelter trusts or whatever you want to call them, and IRAs. So I sometimes see a trust reference as the beneficiary of an IRA, um, whether it's a B trust or a Q-tip trust, and it just kind of makes me ill because I think of all the income taxes that are accelerated when you name that type of trust as the beneficiary of an IRA. Well, that's why it has to be looked at, and I would look at everyone. And uh, if you really think you need a trust, there's a reason to do a Roth IRA because it removes some of the trust tax problems, too. Yeah, that, that's right. What, what Ed's talking about is uh, trusts are typically taxed at the highest rate. So let's say you have either a minor or and, – and, and frankly, Ed, we're, we're running into more and more adult children that are not capable of managing the money or maybe would be inappropriate. They're spendthrifts. Sometimes they have drug and alcohol problems. And you don't want to have that money taxed at the highest trust rate. 
So what right. you're saying is a Roth IRA is a great asset to have in that situation. Well, yeah, if you want to restrict access to the kids based on being spendthrifts or not handling money and can't be trusted with money, at least if they if it goes to the trust, the, the uh, distributions that come from the inherited IRA to the trust are not taxable. Yeah, now, now sometimes we, we try to get around that by if, if, if it's in a normal situation or if it's already done, if it's a regular IRA, we will distribute some money from the trust to the beneficiary and have so it they pay at their own rate. Right. Yeah. But if you don't do that, if you want to restrict it because of those reasons you said, and it gets stuck in the trust, then you have high trust rates. But that that's a kind of thing is probably beyond most people listening. But it's another factor to look at when you're considering hiring a professional. You better have somebody that really knows these intricacies. And I'm telling you again, most people don't. And that's why we created the group I told you about earlier, Ed Slot's Elite IRA Advisor Group. And if you want to see if your advisor has uh, that kind of education, you can check our website. There's only about 400 members around the country that have that level of training. But whoever you use, they should have a high level of education in this specialized area. And what do you think is the – and I know we only have a couple minutes left, but what do you think are some of the biggest changes between the law as it is today than when you wrote the first edition of the Retirement Savings Time Bomb? Well, the biggest change, uh, probably one of the biggest ones, is the increased exemption and the availability of Roth IRAs for everyone to convert for everyone. That's huge. That's creating uh, large amounts of Roth conversions that can be uh, sent to beneficiaries, not only income tax-free, but estate tax-free, too. Those are probably the two biggest changes. And if you combine them, you have a tax-free wealth-building machine that can span generations. Well, and, and, and as, as you know, that's why I've, I've been a fan, and that's why, I'm, I, that's why the, the commercials were actually for the workshop that I have this coming Saturday. Well, I, um, I say people should attend. Do advisors come to your programs, too? I, I, I do get a couple ringers in there. We, we, uh, <laughs> they, they, they sometimes don't necessarily announce themselves. But, uh, but I, they're I, the ones wearing a suit. Uh, they are the ones wearing the suit. Sometimes they actually bring their clients, and they, they sometimes uh, you know, go, go in the back and whisper a little bit. Um, yeah. But I, I usually prefer to have, have consumers and, and and well, I hope if you're listening to you, we scared the bejesus out of you, and they come to your program, and they get a top-notch advisor. Well, I, I appreciate it. Uh, the book is The Retirement Savings Time Bomb and How to Diffuse It by Ed Slott. It is uh, not available at the moment, so write this down, and probably sometime in January when it will become available, either go to Amazon.com. And let me ask you this. If they go to your website now, irahelp.com, and sign up. I don't you... believe it's on there yet. I'm checking as we speak, well, but let, uh, me... I don't believe it's on there because there's no link to it yet because the book's not available. Right, right. but I is there is there a mechanism that you would give them a reminder? Uh, you know, that's a good idea. I don't know if they're right, Let's I'll, assume I'll it's not there. So, um... Yeah, I see it up there, but it's the older book, and I don't want people buying that. Okay, so but it's... that's a good idea. Maybe... We'll put a link in and to send them a reminder when it's out. Good idea, Jim. Thanks. Okay. But, again, Retirement Savings Time Bomb and How to Defuse It by Ed Slott, Amazon.com or IRAHelp.com. This is Jim Lang. You've been here with Ed Slott. This program will 
air again on Sunday at 9 o'clock. Ed, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. Well, I'm happy to be here, Jim, and you're doing a great job. Thank you for having me as a guest. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks. Check out the show archives and listen on demand anytime at retiresecure.com. KQV listeners can receive free tickets to Jim Lang's Pittsburgh area workshops and more. Call the Lang Financial Group at 412-521-2732. That's 412-521-2732. And reserve your seats and meet Jim Lang in person. Again, that's 412-521-2732.